Hey, photographers, it's Warren and Mary. And today we just wanted to have a, a little chat with you guys about what makes a great image. So many people think that it is all about having the newest and best in technology. And there's so much more into making a great image beyond the camera that you use. So we wanted to talk about some of those aspects today. I agree. Um, I think I see a lot of people trying to buy the greatest and best cameras without ever understanding how to use the camera. Right, or what goes into to making the image. They, they just think, oh, I got highest number of megapixels, my camera's smart, it's gonna do just fine. But there's so much more that you wanna relay in your images um, to get the reaction of, wow, what a wonderful image. Yeah. So. yeah, there's so many comments out on groups that talk about what camera does the best image. And you know, the old cliche that it's the photographer behind the camera that makes the image, not the camera. I mean, I will agree there are limitations to some gear. I mean, we've all been up that plateau of gear, but you know, almost any camera will make a great image if the right photographer, if you understand composition and exposure, the foundations of what make a camera, what makes a photograph, makes the camera take the photograph, so. Absolutely. <laughs> so, when, uh, uh, I think one of the first things that you want um, your viewers to understand when they're looking at your image is the story that you're telling. Um, it's, it, you know it's a good image when you don't have to explain the image, where the image explains itself. So ensuring that your composition and your framing and everything helps the viewer understanding what your, your subject is and what the story is, that's probably one of the, the, the priorities in, in making a great image. Yeah, that's your priority as a photographer, right? You're a visual storyteller. No matter what your niche, no matter what your subject is, you're trying to tell a story with one click. So, I mean, composition, exposure, the light, it all plays into making that one great image that tells the story. Exactly. So. And I think a lot of photographers these days, they just see this, this um, beautiful scene in front of them and they just want to start clicking and they just start clicking and say, oh, I'll, I'll make it work in Photoshop. But if you just take your time, you look at your scene and you decide, all right, this is going to be the subject in my photograph. This is what I want viewers to see. How, mm -hmm. how am I gonna lead the viewers to this subject? Using composition, using light, those things, really just taking in the scene as a whole, picking it apart and making sure that you are focusing on, on your subject. Yeah. I mean, speak of subject, that's like the key point, right? Understanding what your subject is. I can't tell me photos, how many images I've been asked to critique, and I can't even pinpoint what the key subject is. Like, there's here's a whole bunch of trees, and it fills the frame. And what do you want me to critique? Right, like, what, what story are you telling me? <laughs> yeah. That you ran into a very thick timber? I don't know mm -hmm. what the story is, right? Is knowing that having that key subject and getting that in the image composed correctly, I think, really leads you towards telling the right story. Definitely. So. And let, let's say you do come across a timber. People will wonder, well, how do you, I mean, maybe that is your, you know, oh, look at all these beautiful trees. Well, how, how do you take those trees and you tell a story with it? Well, there's, there's several ways you can do that. Composition is just one. Lighting, um, as we're talking about what makes a great image, lighting is huge. I mean, you could be telling the story about how the day was unfolding, the light was, um, coming through the trees. I mean, the light itself could be the subject. Right. Um, 
Yeah, that, they could definitely be a whole frame of trees if you have a clear story you're trying to tell. Exactly. We went up recently to the aspens, right? They had turned beautiful leaves, beautiful white bark, a whole bunch of them, right? But that's the story. That's that's what you're trying to tell. That's your subject, right? But there have been pictures of like five dead branches together and you don't, you know, I mean, it looks like you're up close to in a bird's nest. It's like, what, what are you showing me and what am I supposed to get out of the image? So yes, key subject being your key part of your image is critical. I mean, yeah, I think, I think it's storytelling. You have to have the, the leading role, right? Even like in a play or in a, in a book, you have to have that lead, lead character that's driving you through the story. Yeah, exactly. And then uh, another thing that's important is, you know, relaying emotion. When the viewer looks at the image, do, does it invoke some kind of emotion within them? Um, is it powerful? Is it sad? Does it make them smile? Does it make them laugh? What emotion comes through in your image? Now, we don't necessarily mean every image is going to invoke emotion, but when we're talking about what makes a great image, most of the time there's some type of emotion that's felt when the viewer is looking at that image. Yeah. Yeah, and if you, if you relay that emotion that you felt as a photographer taking that image to the viewer, you've done your job, right? You've done storytelling to the point where you've conveyed that emotion and, and the viewer has received that emotion without ever being told. So, I mean, it, it's hard. I mean, it's not easy to do, you know, it, and you'll evoke different emotions in different people. Mm -hmm. That's why it's very subjective photography is. It can be great to one person and junk to another person. And really it only depends on the photographer and are you telling the story you're trying to convey, so. Yeah, and in some instances, it's easier to capture that emotion. For instances, For instance, when we were shooting weddings, you know, you'd see a lot of people crying, tears, grandparents, you know, playing with their grandchildren, easy to capture those moments. But when you're looking maybe, let's say, at a landscape, all right, how are you gonna create that emotion? And a lot of times it really comes down to to light, yeah. composition. Light composition, timing. Yeah. Um, you hear Ansel Adams would spend days and days on one image, like he's waiting for the right time, the right light, the right clouds, you know, the everything had to be right to convey what he wanted to convey. And that, that again, that part of a landscape photographer is not run and gun and walk through timber and oh, I've got everything I want. It's find the, find the subject, do the composition, then wait for the light, wait for the right time. I mean, I know coming out of a wedding photographer mode, for 20 some years, it is hard for me to slow down. It is really hard for me to just yeah, see a scene, <laughs> sit down and look at the scene. I mean, spend hours trying to, you know, compose the right picture like a lot of photographers do. I'm very, you know, it's in gear to me to run and gun and shoot the picture and move on. Like, because it moves so fast. It moves so fast <laughs> in a wedding. And right. then all of a sudden you're at snail's pace trying to do a landscape when you're not losing light. Seems like when you're losing light, it's like, go, go, That's go. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it goes faster right at the end of the day than any other time. It seems like, <laughs> Yeah, I agree. Completely agree. So, um, so far we've talked again about the image, telling a story, capturing emotion, and we've touched on light, but I think light is one of the, the most important key factors in making a great image. Good light will transform an image where bad light is going to immediately take away from the image, regardless of what you capture. If it's in bad light, mm -hmm. people are just going to focus on that bad light. <laughs> Sometimes it just takes, takes away from the image. 
um, dramatic, moody light, knowing how to use your light, how to form your light, um, you know, get that light on your subject. There's yeah. just so many creative ways that you can use light. Yeah, I don't even think it matters what niche you're in. Like if you're a food photographer, you got to have the right pinpoint light. If you're a landscape, you got to have the right time of day or it's going to be very flat or very contrasty. A, a portrait photographer, oh my goodness. I mean, we, that's all we study is light, right? And what angles and what type of lighting you're putting on your model or your subject. It's all about light. And I mean, honestly, photography is light, right? You go into a dark room exactly. with no light, you've got a black picture. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so if you're struggling with your images, maybe not being up to what you believe is par, or if, it, if you don't believe that they're strong enough, then we would recommend you really delving into the subject of light really understanding soft light versus hard light, understanding angles of light, um, just the different qualities of light, and and, and just practice, yeah. you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, embrace your niche, whatever you're gonna do, um, find examples of it, and study the image, not for the, you know, maybe for composition, but if you're in the, in the mode of learning light, start looking at the light in that picture. And I know when I was, you know, ramping up to do wedding photography, I'd studied a lot of magazine portraits looking at catch lights and seeing what kind of you know modifiers they used and what angle was the light coming at and where's the shadow falling on the model's face and you know mm -hmm. those study that light no matter what your niche is you're going to have shadows you're going to have placement you're going to have tone right and color of light you got to take all that in if you want to progress to understand what makes a great image with light yeah, right so definitely uh, and one thing that I was doing when I was practicing is if I was taking a picture of a subject that was movable um, I would move that subject, keep the light constant, but move that subject around and see how the light hit the subject um, and really studied that. In cases where the subject itself wasn't movable, then what I would do is I would move to change my angle, which would mm -hmm. change the way the angle um, of the light was hitting the subject in relation to my camera. So th those are some ways to practice, but I think if you really want to take your images to the next level, understanding light is, is really where you want to a start after understanding your camera <laughs> yes so. yes i mean I would, like i would put that as i mean understanding light understanding composition and then making the camera do what you want it to do right yeah. it's not going to save your image it's not going to create the image it's going to capture the image that you tell it to so you have to know up front you have to have in your mind's eye what you want to create yeah how the light's going to fall how the shadow's going to fall how's the composition going to look and then make the camera do that, right? So no matter what camera, a mirrorless, a DSLR, a point and shoot, film. they all do the film, <laughs> digital. They, they really do basically the same thing. Yes, there is a lot of great technology right now, but they do the same thing. They capture the light onto a medium that can be recorded. So you have to learn how to, you have to know what you want and then make your camera do what you want it to do. Yeah. Um, and another thing that's probably important when trying to take your Im images to the next level is really maybe starting to focus in on one area at a time. So let's say you want to focus on portraits, really focus on portraits and, and getting to um, understand what makes portrait images strong. Or let's say if you're a landscape photographer, really taking time to understand um, what aspects of an image make landscape, port or landscape images strong. So, for example, with portraits, it's it's really important to have a connection between you and the subject, um, and the subject and the viewer, actually, and to have, again, good lighting, good expression from your subject, and then also 
really getting a good sharp image when it comes mm -hmm. to portraits. Yeah, in the right spots. That's true. Right, like there is definitely a a big movement right now. Everybody's talking about the the 1.8 or the 2.8 or the 1.0 f-stop on a lens, right? And everybody's hearing that, taking that to family portraits and stuff, and then wondering why people in the background are not sharp. And that's you know depth of field is kind of biting you in the butt there. But in a in a one person portrait, I mean there can be one eye highly sharp and focused and the other eye a little softer, right? Mm -hmm. And that could be a whole approach. But yeah, you have to understand that, right? And say that's my that's what my out wanted outcome is versus well, I don't know how that happened. Right. right? That's oop, I tripped into it. That yeah. that works, but you need to learn why, right? Right. It also comes back to the point that you said at the beginning, it's really wanting um to portray your vision. So let's say you want a moody, dramatic portrait. I mean, you might, that's gonna look different than maybe a portrait of an athlete or something where you're invoking mm -hmm. kind of more of a strong, powerful feel. But what I think is helpful, again, flip through photos, see what, what you're drawn to. A lot of times it's expression in the eyes um, and it's just a connection that you make with that image and ask yourself, why am I drawn to this image? What makes this image so powerful? And take that as inspiration when you go shoot your next portrait. Yeah. Yeah, it's all down to telling that story, right? Mm -hmm. And capturing what you want to capture. Um, I agree, and if, in portraits we talk about a female versus male pose. Can't say that <laughs> word. Feminine, yeah, that word. Um, how or the lighting and the posing will go into making that story, right? Is is it the model a soft princess, you know, airy kind of type of model, or is she a boxer, right? And right. there's going to be different lighting, different approaches, different lenses, all kinds of different things that tell that final story, and you got to be able to wrap them up and put them together to to try to achieve that. So yeah, and then on the flip side, when you look at landscape images, you know what makes those images strong. Um, and most of the time you're gonna see there's good composition. You're drawn by maybe lines, um, but somehow you're drawn to what it is that that landscape photographer wanted to show you. You're gonna see light again is huge, um, golden light, mm -hmm. dramatic light. If there's storms, that's very important in making a strong, great landscape photograph. Yeah. Yeah, and lighting as well as in shadows, right? Lighting causes shadows and shadows causes depth. So the depth of that landscape picture might be the right timing, the right light versus I shot it at noon and everything was completely flat, right? The shadows are straight down, the sun's straight above. Everything's going to be really flat. But if I wait till five o'clock and the sun is, you know, at 40 or 30 or 40 or 50 degrees off to the side, it's going to cast a a tree shadow onto the ground and make things more interesting or there's going to be depth in the rocks i mean we see that a lot out here in arizona where the same mountain at a certain time of day can look totally different you know it can be oh, yeah, very flat sure. versus versus very with a lot of depth very deep with the shadows and then it can be golden when the sun's going down because the sun's reflecting um off of it so it, it can be different animals at the, at the same subject can be you know it can be definitely different looks yeah. And one thing I'll say is that a lot of people will get lucky. Sometimes it is about luck being in the right place at the right time, but sometimes you need to make your luck. 
You're not going to get lucky if you're sitting inside watching TV. You're going to get lucky if you're out there practicing the tools of the trade. So one, it's important to get out there um, because you never know what you're going to come across. Uh, but you know, one yeah. night we were like, let's go shoot sunsets. Sometimes we capture sunsets, sometimes we don't. We got lucky that day. We had this beautiful rainbow, gorgeous light in the sky that worked out well for us. Had we stayed home, we wouldn't have you know, made that image. So it's very important to get out there mm -hmm. to observe, um, know the weather patterns, uh, especially if you're doing landscape photography, obviously, know the we weather patterns. If there's a storm coming, oh, you know what? It's a good time to get my camera out. Let's, let's see what dramatic light I can capture. Yeah. But no matter what your niche is, you have to get in the environment, right? You have to be in the environment with your camera to learn more about what you want to do. So yeah, buying a camera, put it in the closet, sitting at home is not going to make you a photographer any more than I'm going to be a brain surgeon. <laughs> it's never going to happen, right? right? So you have to get in yourself in that environment with your camera. And, and one of the things I hear a lot is, oh, I can't find time to do photography. Photography happens all the time. It's happening all the time. Go on a walk and take your camera. You know, right. go to a, a rose garden and take your camera. Go to your kid's birthday party and take your camera. It, you have an opportunity to learn every minute of every day. There's always some sort of event or light happening that in your environment, in your niche that you can take a picture of. So, and and thank God it's digital. It's free. Once you buy the gear. You know, you can see your results instantly and it's free. I grew up in the film days and by the time I processed the film, I couldn't remember what even setting I was using. We didn't have EXIF data and tell me what I did. It was a guessing game and it was over and over. My poor parents paid hundreds of dollars in really bad film, you know, yeah. <laughs> really, really bad film. And it took a very long time to learn that process versus what I think if you actually put the effort in now, you can come up to speed really fast. I mean. I agree. I mean, you've got that input right there, so it's a great way to learn. Um, and it, it's helpful, too, if you put a vision in place. So it's, it's not enough to just have your camera ready and go, but think about what excites you, because when you're excited about something, that's going to come through in your photograph. So what vision, what purpose do you want your pictures to have? Plan around that. If your, your vision is landscape, you know, photography, look at the weather patterns, look at the seasons, um, know the, the sun direction, the sunset, the moonset in your area, really study it, put your vision into place. And when the viewers look at that image, hopefully mm -hmm. that passion that you put into that image will be reflected. Yeah. I mean, I'm always, you know, you always think about what's, what's the difference between a person that takes pictures, because everybody takes pictures now, right? iPhones, Androids, point and shoots, mirrorless, everybody's taking pictures. Mm -hmm. It's one of the you know the greatest ramp up of images taken. But what what's the difference between a person that takes pictures and a person that's a photographer? And I think the photographer has seen the picture before you take it. Yeah. Like I have a I have an idea, I have a a you know a, a vision that I want to go out and try to capture and I'm gonna work myself into it. And then I always say reverse engineer what I'm thinking. What do I have to do to make that image work? Versus, oh, I found a waterfall and oops, I took a picture somehow and look how great it looks. You know, that's just right. taking a picture. That's not seeing the picture, then taking it. So my two cents on what I think a photographer really become. When you become, you want to be a photographer, you start seeing, even in weddings, you know, we, we forecasted what we wanted to try to achieve. Right? Right. Right? We had ideas of umbrella in the rain or 
you know, certain things that we wanted to try to achieve that day. We knew the events. We knew how it was going to unfold mostly. And we had yeah. an idea of what we wanted to accomplish. So that was different than just, I just showed up with a camera and started shooting everything. Yeah. That reminds me of when we were in Chicago doing that film photo walk. Yeah. We were shooting film. And that is kind of the, the downfall. I don't want to say there's really a downfall to, to digital. It's great. Don't get me wrong. But when you have a roll of film, you, we, <laughs> we experience that you really yeah. take your time to create that image because you're limited to the number of exposures on that roll of film. And then there's the processing involved. And, and so you really, I mean, it, it, I think it took us two yeah. hours to complete a 24 exposure roll of film or, or something yeah. like that. Yeah, Whereas 24 pictures in the digital, I mean, I would have been five minutes and I'm done, but you really stop and you think and you compose and you look at the light and what you're trying to capture. So that's another good um, tip if you yeah. want to try to challenge yourself a little bit, maybe get a cheap film camera, put a roll of film in, see what happens, or even tape up the back of your camera. <laughs> we did so that in our classes, yes. Yeah, so you can't, you don't get you that instant chimp, gratification. You can't chimp your images, right? Yeah, you can't exactly. take a look and see what and adjust. You have to think about your exposure and, yeah. and even the same process. Put it in manual and don't let the camera do the lifting. You have to lift and think about what you want and what settings you're going to use. Yeah. I mean, if you don't even put more pressure, our pressure on us was we were going to go back and develop, develop that film in front of the teacher mm -hmm. and they knew we shot professionally. There was some pressure to perform, right? right? There was some pressure, and we were the only two in the class in Chicago, and they're going to pull out this film and go, are you seriously a photographer? Or are they going to pull out this film and go, wow, you, you kind of know what you're doing. So, yeah, the pressure was on to, okay, i got to compose this right. I'm shooting black and white, so I need, I need contrasting light, not flat light, you mm -hmm. know. There was a lot of things going in, and 20, you're right, 24 pictures took us hours to shoot. Yeah. I mean, it was literally hours. We're almost late back to the class because... The last couple frames, we couldn't figure out what we wanted to shoot. So that was, I mean, a great exercise. And we do that. You want to do that in your personal life, tape up the back of the camera, put it on manual, and tell yourself you got 24 shots. And tell yourself you're going to go home, put it in the computer, and show it to your best friend or your mate or, or you know, maybe not your best friend that might tell you what they really <laughs> right. think of your images. But put that, put that on your mind when you're trying to shoot because it is very easy. Cameras are... Crazy, your mirrorless camera is crazy fast. It, mm -hmm. can, it can, you can shoot 24 images in a second. Like, you know, yeah. it would, unreal how much images you can take. But I think the spray and pray mentality is kind of, that will hinder you from growing, right? You'll go, oh, I got yeah. the shot in the middle of that mess somewhere. But did you really think about what you were trying to achieve? So, yeah. No, I get it. If it's a hummingbird or an action shot or, you know, your kid right. pitching <laughs> on the mound, I understand the, the motor drive and why you want so many images per second but you know you're taking a flower and you're shooting 400 images at the same you know like stop and think yeah. why are we doing this and what's the outcome going to be yeah absolutely and then another thing that you had me thinking about when you were talking about oh there are so many photographers now with the phones with the dslrs the mirrorless um, it is so true and i think one one thing to keep in mind when you're creating images is to be inspired by others, but don't copy others. We see a lot of copycat photos over and over, and while that may make a great image, maybe that original image was great, just by retaking it doesn't mean your image is great. 
you know, you made a copy of a great image. So how are you going to take that image that inspired you and make it your own? I think really trying to think out of the box is what's going to create wow mm -hmm. images. Yeah, I, I, mean, I would approach it like a chef. A chef knows what goes well together and what tastes well together. And they put together those right ingredients, mm -hmm. right? Any, most anybody can read a recipe and recreate what's on that card. Right. For the most part, right? Unless you're a really bad cook. You talking about and me? I don't know. I, thought you, I was kind of referring uh, okay. to myself, but <laughs> sometimes I screw it up and I, <laughs> I can screw up an image too, trying right. just to copy it. But if you knew, oh, cinnamon would taste better than chocolate, whatever that ingredient might be, yeah. a chef would know that, right? They have the palate to understand what ingredients should taste good together. Yeah. As a photographer, you need to put those items together, the depth of field, the shutter, the, you know, all these things, the composition, the leading lines, all the things that we can do as a photographer, put them together to create that great image. That's what. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think it's an, an, another important thing is while you are out photographing, it's important to continually be observant. So it's really so easy to just get locked into what our viewfinder sees, but make sure you're looking around, look behind you, um, look at the scene. If you're shooting events, look for where there might be emotional moments happening. Try to predict what might, might be happening. Um, with mm -hmm. wildlife photography, keep an eye on the animal's behavior. You might be able to sense that uh, something exciting is about to happen and you wanna be ready to go. You don't want to be looking at the back of your camera, reviewing your images or stuck <laughs> in the viewfinder. There's a great finder. one up on the wall right up here at the seals. Yeah. We were down in San, Fran uh, San Diego in La Jolla. Mm -hmm. We were photographing the seals and we were right standing. We were sitting right next to each other. Yeah. And I just missed that shot and Mary got that shot. But you could see the baby seal and the mama seal, mm -hmm. calf and Mama, whatever they're called. <laughs> yeah. You could see the emotion between them, though. You could see they were headed that direction. They were going to nose, right? I mean, I had that feeling. Right. We both had that. But we're sitting there posed ready for those those two seals to nose each other and kiss each other kind of yeah. thing. Whatever they call that in seal language, but in seal love. In seal love. But, yeah. And, I mean, that's it. Predicting, right? Predicting what's going to happen is, is crucial. And there was always, when I started learning photography, I was looking at some black and white boxing photographers. And they were like, if you saw the punch in your, DS, in your, <laughs> DSL, in your SLR back then, you've missed the shot. Like, because yeah. the mirror flips up, if you see the punch land, you've already missed it. Like, you have to predict that punch. Is, that glove is going to be in that guy's nose and you have to meet it there. You can't wait for it to happen. And they go, oh, you know, three inches off his face, not a story. Right. And know? honestly, that when we were sh shooting hockey, we had to have that same mentality. One, knowing the game, like when you're shooting sports and getting a great image, knowing the game is important. So you know what could be happening next. <laughs> and then keeping your eye on that. If you see somebody getting ready to shoot a goal, you look at the goalie to see what he's doing. He's, um, yeah. And you, you get ready, to, you get ready down there and you have to, again, be very predictive yeah. in, in, in what could you be happening. See, you see it, the puck coming down the ice, you know, in your peripheral. Mm -hmm. You're watching the hockey's body behavior, right? He's communicating right. what's happening, where his gloves are going and stuff. And I can remember so many times we we're standing next to each other and we'd ask, did the puck go in? Because right. we're, we're shooting that. And again, motor drive is great for that kind of thing. But we didn't wait to see the puck go in the net because we missed the shot. Yeah. Half time we didn't know where the puck was after that. Is it his glove? Is it you know we were <laughs> looking back to see if we got a net shot or a glove yeah. shot or what? Because 
we I mean the camera's going we lost track of where the puck was yeah. so again being predictive you have to be able to read your subjects right and no matter what your subjects are and yeah. that leads you to getting the shot you're looking for so definitely so obviously there's so much that goes into making a green image and um, we wanted this to be very conversational um uh, more informal than you know here's step one here's step two but i think we probably agree some of the most important things um are just relaying your story yeah yeah create, creating emotion creating, creating that story telling the story finding the emotion yeah light again light is imperative um Practice, 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 yeah. you know, get to know your camera, be ready for when that, that moment occurs. Yeah. Um, Identifying a main subject. Don't get overwhelmed. I mean, even we go out and, you know, it could be mountainside with a beautiful background, but if there's a flower coming out, you know, make that flower your key subject. So finding that key subject is important. Don't get overwhelmed by your scene. So. Right, exactly. And, and try to create a vision, try to, try to create a vision that you can, um, relay in your image and, and tell to the viewer and try to focus if you're just starting out try to focus in one area first um, and really nail that down before moving on maybe to your to your next endeavor yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I would definitely say understand the foundations of photography no matter what mm -hmm. camera you have before you go and invest into more and more gear mm -hmm. understand what you currently have yeah that's I mean, if you could you have no foundation and you go to something five thousand dollars more expensive you just have no foundation on a more expensive camera so back in the film days they were pretty simple right i mean yeah. i started when the camera barely had a meter in it to tell you where the light was so you have to build from there and, and then take on all the bells and whistles and and apply what the great technology has given us but like it still comes down to that very root foundation right of what mm -hmm. photography is that exposure is exactly so cool well i hope you found this conversation to be helpful maybe you were able to pull a nugget or two of knowledge out of it um, and it will help you create some great images we hope you would uh, join our facebook community we have a facebook community of all level of photographers out there we'd love to see some of your images that you're creating you can find that community by searching Exportography, a community of photographers. Yep, there'll be a link down in the description as well, so you can find us. We'd love to have you. Um, we're not a huge community, but we're a very active community, so you will get feedback. And you can reach out to Mary and I directly. We'd be happy to help out in any way we can. Yeah, and if you found this style of video uh, to be enjoyable, yeah. <laughs> please comment below and let us know what you like um, and what you'd like to hear us talk about in future conversations. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, I enjoy just sitting down and talking photography. Yeah, definitely. So. Until yeah. next time, explore. Create. And do good. Bye guys. See ya.